Thank you, Evan and Ellie. Beautiful. Good morning, friends. Welcome to Myers Park United Methodist Church on this ninth Sunday after Pentecost. My name is Uyan Kim, one of the pastors here. We're so grateful that we can gather here in person. And those of us online, we welcome you as well. Please let us know how we can connect with you and pray for you and share ministries of our church. You can use the physical hospitality pad at the end of your pews, a back of your bulletin. There's a QR code you can use with your smartphones. And for those of us online, there's a link that you can share your names and your contact information so that we may be in touch with you. Uh, just a quick thing from me, uh, our senior pastor, Dr. James Howe, he ends his sabbatical on August the 1st, so he'll be here in the office starting on Tuesday, and he'll be with us next Sunday. I uh, will invite you to be uh, with us and join us in worship as we welcome him back, and he's so excited to uh, be amongst us starting next Sunday. I'm so grateful to be joined by my colleague and my friend, Pastor Bill. What else is going on today? Thank you, Uyan. Uh, I would call your attention to this week in Myers Park, all the many programs, all the many opportunities in which to be involved in the life of this great church. Also, the, look at all the announcements there in your worship bulletin this morning. I'm going to highlight one very quickly, Midsummer Night Serenade. It's the hymn sing that we have here at our church annually in August. It's August the 2nd at 7 o'clock coming up this week here in the sanctuary, 7 o'clock in the sanctuary. I'm sure you'll want to join us for that beautiful time of music. And now let us continue in an attitude of worship.
affirmation of faith this morning is the Apostles' Creed. It's found in your worship bulletin. Let us unite in this historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascendeth into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I invite you now to turn in your worship bulletins to the prayer confession, which you will find there. Let us confess our sins before God and one another. Let us pray. Holy God, breathe new life into us. Where there is idleness, inspire growth. Where there is distraction, guide us towards you. Where there is bitterness, shower us with grace may your love transform us O lord amen and hear the good news christ died for us while we're yet sinners that proves god's love towards us in the name of jesus christ you are forgiven glory to god amen The Old Testament reading is Genesis chapter 29, beginning with the 15th verse. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful and lovely. Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served for seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, that I may go into her, for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter, 
Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her maid. And in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Did I not serve you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, It is not so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. Jacob did so and completed her week, and then Laban gave him his daughter, Rachel, to wife. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In this very space, I presided over a wedding yesterday, and I can guarantee that wedding went way better than the wedding that we just read about between Jacob and Rachel slash Leah. One of my favorite hymns uh, is a very familiar one, I Got Peace Like a River. You know that hymn, I got peace like a river, I got peace like a river, I got peace like a river in my soul. Hallelujah. Yes. Love that hymn. But the piece that I love to sing about often eludes me. Uh, here's a confession. I, uh, I get often and easily annoyed. Uh, I don't like it, uh, but it's the reality of something that I've been wrestling with. I've gotten a little better about it, but I'm still working on it. Earlier in my marriage, my wife used to say, Uyan, if you continue to boycott everything, we won't have any places left to go and people to see. Uh, but it's, it's been a long journey. It gets even more tricky, and perhaps some of you can relate to this as well. It gets even more tricky when I'm annoyed by a certain someone or a certain something while everybody else seems to be fine with that person or that place. Have you encountered that? A am I the only one that's annoyed by what's going on right now? So then, is it just me? Am I, am I the problem here? I see some nodding faces. I'm going to just take that as you being in the same boat as I am. I'm not alone in this. Carl Jung, a Swiss psychiatrist, a founder of the analytical psychology, he suggests that the, the reason why some people irritate us so much is because they embody something of ours called the shadow side. Shadow side is a part of ourselves that we don't like, part of ourselves that we have hidden deep away in the corner so as not to acknowledge or address those qualities. To put it simply, those that we find to be most bothersome and annoying, Jung would suggest that they are a reflection of our own shortcomings, and therefore we wish not to be around that, those people who remind us of our shortcomings. So if Jung is right, according to him, someone like me, and perhaps someone like us, have a lot of shadows because I'm easily annoyed. <laughs> this is what he writes. The shadow personifies everything that the subject refuses to acknowledge about himself and represents a tight passage, a narrow door whose painful constriction no one is spared who goes down to the deep well. 
So I think this whole shadow side's got something to say to me, some of us here. I think it has something to say about the relationship between Jacob and Laban as we read about them today. So a short recap of Jacob. He is one of two sons of Isaac and Rebekah, twin brother. He's the younger of the two. The older twin brother is Esau. As you might have heard it shared uh, the other week, came time as Isaac is winding down the years, kind of last season of his life, very frail and sick, and it was time for Isaac to bestow a particular kind of blessing for the oldest child, which would be Esau. Jacob did not like this. He has not liked the fact that he was the younger child all of his life, so he decides to, with the help of his mother, which is a whole different story altogether, he decides to deceive his father Isaac and cheat his brother Esau to receive a particular kind of blessing only reserved for the oldest son. And upon receiving this said blessing that didn't belong to him, he runs away from home because of the wrath and the vengeance of Esau, who is rightfully quite upset. He settles down with Rebekah's brother Laban, his uncle. I've often said that Jacob is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I find him to be so relatable in his flaws. He likes to take shortcuts. He doesn't take a lot of responsibilities. Even after he harmed the very people he's supposed to love, he doesn't take much responsibility or show much remorse until much later on in his life as he flees his home. He's a type of guy where in my earlier years of my life, I would have said he's a lost cause. Right? No need to invest any more time on this guy. He'll never change. And then there is Laban, Rebecca's brother, Jacob's uncle. Very much like Jacob, we soon find out that Laban is a cheat and a deceiver himself. Now, the earlier encounter, the very first encounter, goes pretty well. There is an embrace and a welcome of Jacob in part by Laban. But sure enough and soon enough, Laban recognizes the golden goose that is Jacob. Not only is Jacob a really good worker, he saw that there is a particular kind of fruitfulness, anointing, and the blessedness of God in Jacob. So Laban does all that he can to exploit Jacob. So when it came time, and once Laban recognized that Jacob was in love with one of his daughters, the younger one, Rachel, Laban hatches a plan. They come to an agreement. Work seven years so that you may have my daughter, Rachel. And we read in chapter 29, I don't know if you caught this, that those seven years for Jacob seem like days because he loved Rachel so much. It's like, oh, that's sweet. Here comes the wedding night. Wedding night. Laban sends to... Jacob's tent, not Rachel, the younger daughter, but Leah, the older daughter with weak eyes. Not exactly sure what that means. 
And then Jacob wakes up the next morning realizing that, oh my goodness, the person that I spent the night with is not Rachel, but Leah, Laban, what have you done to me? Now, this is a different sermon for a different day. How did Jacob mistaken an entire human being for another? Yeah. And then on a footnote, it is worthy to say, I'm not going to go into much of detail about this, that here we see Leah being betrayed by both her father Laban and her husband Jacob. That she is dismissed and discarded by two people who should have loved her the most. And it is precisely for this reason that God is merciful onto her should you continue to read throughout the Genesis story. But as it is in chapter 29, we see Laban cheating and deceiving Jacob just as Jacob cheated and deceived his father and his brother. What comes around goes around. Or is it what goes around? You get the point. What goes around comes around, comes around, goes around. But as we know, God often works among the least expected, the doubters and the deceivers, and God works through Jacob despite the dishonorable intentions of Laban to fulfill the promises made to Abraham and Sarah. It is for this reason, despite all of Laban's efforts to do otherwise, Jacob is extremely fruitful successful so much so that it garners the jealousy envy and hatred from Laban and his sons and Jacob had to leave again in fear of their wrath secretly with his wives with his family children and his property where does he go he goes back home where Isa awaits and should you read on to chapter 32 and 33 of Genesis, this is where the story takes an unexpected, beautiful turn. We see the summation and the culmination and the eventuality of Jacob's journey, that there was a shift, a change, a remolding, a transformation in Jacob's life, even before he encounters his brother. And he doesn't know what to expect from his brother. He does not know if Esau still harbors hatred and anger, desiring vengeance. Jacob prays, chapter 32, I am not worthy of the least of all the steadfast love and all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant, for with only my staff I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray thee. And Jacob eventually encounters his brother. Now keep in mind, prior to ever seeing his brother, Jacob sends his servants, gifts, presents, a whole lot of things that he has accumulated over the years as a sign of goodwill and gesture. And to his surprise, Esa welcomes Jacob, embraces him, and says, I don't need these gifts. I'm glad you're back. And this is how Jacob responds to his brother Esa. Jacob says, no, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, then accept my present from my hand, for truly to see your face is like seeing the face of God. With such favor have you received me, except I pray you my gift that is brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, because I have enough.
This is a remarkable transformation. Jacob, the deceiver, the cheat who lied to his dad and stole from his brother precisely because he saw himself as the one without, now come to a place where he confesses to his older brother, here, take it, take all. With such grace of abundance, offering without reservation to his brother Esau, saying, God has dealt graciously with me because I have what? He says, I have enough. What a remarkable change. I like to think that Jacob's transformation has something to do with his encounter with Laban. As you might recall, not only does Laban lies to Jacob on his wedding night, it happens over and over and over again. Laban at every turn tries to cheat Jacob. One could say that in Laban, Jacob gets out Jacobed. In Laban, Jacob sees somebody, encounters someone who is even more deceiving, more despicable, more annoying than himself. And in so doing, perhaps, I like to think that he didn't dwell in resentment or hatred, but instead, perhaps, Jacob learned something from Laban. That in Laban, he saw an honest mirror, a reflection of himself and his shortcomings in such a way that he could bear it all before God so that he can embrace the full measure of grace of God so that he may be changed, so that Jacob may be transformed into a new creation, the type of creation who dares to wrestle with God, to invoke the blessings of God, the type of creation that sees the face of God and lived. On a side note, I'd like to suggest that for all of us, including myself, that should there be folks who are extremely annoying to you and me, to us, it might be worth a while for us to pay attention to that, for they may be the very ones who reveal our shadow sides of our lives, that they may be God's instrument to reveal something that is deeply hidden in our souls that needs to be cleansed, that requires the light of Christ, that is in desperate need of God's grace so that we may become a new creation. Our pastor, Bill Roth, often said, and he said this early on in our time together, that our tormentors become our best mentors. I think there's a lot of truth in that. On a more lighter note, should I be annoying to you, remember that it probably says something more about you than about me. That's such a bad line. <laughs> Let me end with what Dr. Howe reflected upon Jacob last week through his social media. For those of us who follow him, he, alongside Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, reflected upon Jacob, reflected upon the puzzling anointing of Jacob, asking, why Jacob? Not righteous like Noah, Jacob hadn't responded to God's call like Abraham, and no sense of justice burned in him like Moses. So why Jacob? Jacob's heritage for us is this. Though we may fall, we fall into the arms of God. Though others may lose faith in us, and though we may even lose faith in ourselves, God never loses faith in us. 
And though we may feel utterly alone, we are not. God is there beside us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us continue in prayer. God of light, love, and goodness, we give thanks for your presence in our lives today and all days. Guide us as we seek you and ourselves, our relationships in this world. Help us to pay attention to see you and to give thanks for all that you give us. Lord, in your mercy, Almighty God, we know you see all our wounds. There is no amount of pain we experience that you do not mourn. You stay with us in our hurt. You hear our cries, and you desire our healing. We admit that we are so tempted to not care about our own pain, to compare it to others. Help us to see our pain as you see our pain. Help us to accept your love and your promise of healing. We are especially mindful of the pain and grief of the family of Pat Munn in the wake of her passing. Lord, in your mercy. God, we look around and it can be so easy to be consumed by despair. The world around us feels so out of control. We want to trust in you, but so many things are not as we hoped. We anxiously hear of temperatures rising, jobs dwindling, prices going up, and division growing. Our hearts are filled with dread. Help us to cling on to hope to not be dragged down by our fear, but to boldly face these realities with you as our companion. Help us to not be passive to these changes, but to let your imagination shape us and our responses. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we come to you for discernment. We have so many pressures in this world around how we spend our time, who we spend our time with, and how we are perceived. Help us to quiet the voices of the world and to hear your voice instead. Help us to have the wisdom and the courage to live lives that glorify you. Lord, in your mercy. All loving God, we are grateful for community. To be connected both virtually and in this space to a body of people who are seeking hope and connection together. Let us be reminded of the connection as we pray the prayer your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we prepare for our tithes and offering, I want to say thank you for your continued generosity, for your continued 
showing up and being the church. Uh, one of the things we're celebrating today is at the 11 o'clock, during 11 o'clock service, we will have Discover Myers Park, which is a class created for people who are seeking deeper connection with our church, who want to become members. And it is such good news that we have people who still and continue to want to be a part of our church family, and that is because of your generosity. Thank you.
Gracious God, we know that all that is good comes from you. May these gifts be used to bring about your love and goodness to this world. We have offered it to you out of our love and dedication. Amen. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore.